Hi guys. Hi, hi guys. Hi. How you guys doing? You know, it's amazing how um, from the beginning to the end, you know, like, first of all, Tamu just took everything that I wanted to say. I kid you not. I kid you not. Tamuye. Acts 1.8 is in my, one of the thing I'm going to speak about today. You know, so it is amazing. So I clearly, like, I was praying and yesterday and I was saying, Lord, like, show me what you want to talk about. You know, a lot of times we have a lot of things that we want to say in our hearts. But if the Holy Spirit is not the one that's leading you, we're just talking. Nothing's going to happen. But if the Holy Spirit is the one that tells us to say it, that's when an impact happens. That's why change happens. So today, I want you guys not, like I always say here, it doesn't matter if I'm standing here or Matt's standing here or Augustine standing here or somebody else standing here. What matters is that whenever somebody's standing here, God is the one that's speaking. You know, a lot of, I have a lot of flaws you might see in my life. There's many, many days where you have fallen down, but the grace of God is what sustains us. And if you look at somebody through their failure, you'll never see what God wants to do in their life. So without further ado, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just come before you, Lord, and I pray, Father God, Lord, only you can touch, Father God, the youth group. Only you can touch us, Father God. I pray, Father God, let them not see Jonathan, but let them see you, Holy Spirit. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, every burden, let, let it be lifted up today, Father God. I pray, Father God, as Tamu and Mati and Sharon have spoken, Father God, let the fire of the Holy Spirit today, let it, Father God, burn, Father God. Let it burn so much, Father God, that without even us knowing, Father God, we'll start praying, Father God. Let it, Father God, let, us, let the fire of the Holy Spirit wake us up in the middle of the night and we'll start praying, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, separate us for your glory, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Father God, that you t take over this service, Father God. I pray, Father God, let your will be done, Father God. Not my, what I want to say, but what you want to say, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today I want to talk about um, how to recognize anointing. Without anointing, Christianity is nothing. It's, it's the anointing of God that makes you separated there's a lot of people that are Christians, but without the anointing, there's no power. It's the power of God that sets us free from any bondages, from any struggles, from anything. So as a Christian, our goal is to say, Lord, anoint me. Lord, use me. You see, there's the difference between the disciples and the rest. Are, the disciples, were, they were hungry for God. They gather together and they say, Lord, don't leave us. Be with us. Use us. Go with us. In every chapter that you read, from the moment Jesus resurrected until Revelation, it's all about, Lord, use me. So today I want to talk about the anointing. And I want you guys to say, I can be anointed. Talk, tell to yourself, I can be anointed. Louder, I can be anointed. A lot of times we think that God chooses only this specific person. You know, you ever heard people that um, they were like, uh, God chose me. I saw an angel from God come from above in the middle of the night around 3 a.m. the morning. I was sleeping and I was about to fall down and he picked me up. And then, you know, like he didn't exaggerate everything. You know, God, when God chooses you, it doesn't matter where your life is at. What matters is that are you willing 
to say yes to him. You see, that's an amazing thing. That's, uh, I don't know if you guys know, me and Tamu were talking last time about Doug Howard, Bishop Doug Howard. And Bishop Doug Howard was a doctor, a qualified doctor for many years, and God called him to ministry. And on the other side, we see other people that have no, they never went to school, they never did anything, they're never good in school, but God calls them. It seems that God just sends invitation to everybody, but it's the one that accepts that God uses. God is sending invitation to all of you today and saying, I want to use all of you guys. It's up to you to say, Lord, I am ready to be used by you. So today, well, I want us to go to Mark 16, Mark 16, 7, and then uh, verse 17 and 8. Are we all there? If you're, if you're there, they say I'm there. Okay, I'm going to give you more time, I guess. Mark 16, 17 to 18. And says, And this signs, which Tamu actually read, And this signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak. They will cast out demons. Wait, in this, where am I? In this sign, and this signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up the serpents with their hands. And if they drink, uh, if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Amen. That's what does the anointing. When an the anointing of God comes to your life, not only are you the solution to yourself, you are also the solution to your neighbor, to your country, to your house. To your, to your environment. Here it's saying that, it says that the signs, those who believe. So what is the qualification for you to be anointed? Believe. If you believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and he has died from the cross and he has risen from the dead, you have the ability to be anointed. So today God is telling you, I'm inviting you today to come. I want to use you. I want to use you for my glory. It's up to you to say, Lord, I am ready. I remember um, 2021, uh, Galila was here. She was speaking. I remember everything that she said here. She was talking about Jonah. And she was preaching about Jonah and how Jonah refused God. And of his refusal, the people that are on the boat were about to die. Sometimes when you don't want to obey God, the people around you will also go down with you. It's the same way when God, when you say yes to God, the people around you will also get elevated. You see, when you obey God, you are saying, God, Lord, not only am I saying yes for me, I'm saying yes for my generation. For my, for, that's why sometimes I wake up at nighttime and I just be, I find myself crying to God saying, Lord, save this generation. I remember when I was 15 years old, I was praying God like, Lord, all I am seeing is just, my friends are going to the world. Lord, I can't. I can't just watch them to go like this. I can't just see the generation perish. Lord, help me. Send me, and I will go. I found myself, whenever you accept the call of God, you find yourself crying out for the generation. That's what God wants you. He wants you to cry out not only for your, for your needs, but for the needs of the generation. A lot of times we cry, Lord, I want, I want a house. I want to get married. I want this. I want four kids. I want five kids. I don't know how many kids you guys want. And you find yourself 
just praying about the earthly things and you forget that seek the kingdom of God and the rest will be added. When we seek God first, every single thing, believe it or not, will follow us. But we, as humans, we don't believe it. We think that if I seek God, I will lose everything. But yes, you will lose everything, but you will gain the one that has everything. So here, I want to talk about how do you recognize if you have the anointing. You see, you're anoint- you see you're, that you're anointed when you start seeing what the other anointed people do. You know you're anointed when you see other anointed people, what the anointed people, uh, what other anointed people do. If we go to Second uh, King two eight, Elijah and Elisha are close to each other. Everywhere Elijah goes, Elisha follows him. Pay attention. It's very important to pay attention to this thing. Elijah, the Bible says that Elijah was about to be taken to heaven. He was so scared, he told God, I can't stay here anymore. So what happened? Elisha is following Elijah. And here, it says, uh, 2 Kings 2, 8. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. The key word is, he saw him doing it. He saw Elijah bring, taking his coat and hitting the water, and the water dividing. And the Bible says that afterwards, they were walking, and he tells them, what do you want from me? He says, I want what you want by double. He says, I want, I want you by double. And he says, you've asked the hard thing, but you will get it. You'll only get it if you see me being taken from he- to heaven. And the Bible says that, fast forward, he sees Elijah being taken to heaven. After he sees Elijah being taken to heaven, he takes his the mantle. He takes what Elijah was wearing, and we go to 2 King 2, 13 to 14. The Bible says this. And then Elisha saw it, and he cried, my father, my father, the chariots of the Israelites, and no, no, I'm not there. Hold on. 2 King 2, 13 to 14. And he took, yeah, and he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him, and went back and stood on the bank of Jordan. Then he took the clock and of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying where is the Lord the God of Elijah and when he struck the water the water was parted to the one side and to the other side and Elisha went over you see anointing comes when you a lot of times we think that anointing is something no I have my spiritual fathers and mothers they are already working right it's not like I have to randomly do something no, I am already following them. So when I am anointed, it's not like I'm doing something different than what they're doing. I'm doing exactly what they're doing. How do you know you're anointed? Look at the people that have gone before you. Look at the uh, disciples. The disciples didn't do anything. Everything they did, they followed Jesus. Jesus healed the sick. Guess what they did? They healed the sick. Jesus raised the, dead, the devil. Guess what? They, um, the devil? The de- <laughs> Jesus raised the dead. Guess what they did? They rest the dead. Everything they did, they followed Jesus. Matter of fact, the Bible says that after they received the anointing, the Bible says this. He states, after, I mean, after they received the Holy Spirit, the Bible says Peter and John went to the temple. And they found a leper. They said, uh, a cripple, sorry. They found a cripple. And they said, 
what do you, like he said, the guy was asking, please give me money, give me money. And he said, I don't have silver or gold. What I have, I'll give it to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You see, they did what they saw. It's the anointing flows when you are what? Connected. Connection is very important, guys. It's impossible for you to be away from the, from the, from the water. The Bible says that a tree away from the water does not bear fruit. No matter how big the tree is, if it's not connected to the streams, you will die eventually. The connection is what's keeping you going. That's why Jesus said, when Jesus left, like Tom was, preaching, uh, was saying, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He's telling, despite what you don't see me right now, I will be with you. That means the stream is going to keep on flowing. When you're connecting with Christ, when you're connected with God, the anointing flows. When you're connected with the elders, the ones that God is already using, you have a shelter. You know where to start. You start where, where they stopped. How amazing is that? I don't have to work crazy. I already know they already built such an amazing place for me to just walk into it. Here, it's so easy for us to preach because Matthew here opens the word of God every single day for us. It's not like I'm doing something that's different here. I'm just flowing through him. Flowing to under him. See, when you're connected, it's easy to flow. But when you're not connected, it's very, it's very hard. Secondly, anointing comes from, I watch videos. I hate books. I try to read books. I'm not going to lie to you. I remember, I still have Good Morning Holy Spirit. I every time I start the book, because it's not my habit to read. So I say, Lord, I will try my best. I will read like until like I say a quarter of the book. And I'll stop and I'll say, I'll read another time. I come back, I forget where I stopped. So I start all over again. And it's becoming a reputation, but it's just like I have this hunger to know. Every single preacher that has, has in the, on the internet, I try my best to search. From the late 1800s to this, I search. I go sit down and I listen. I listen. I listen. I listen. I listen. God used this person like this. God used this person. God went like this. God is, and I'm crying and I'm sitting down. I'm crying. I say, Lord, Lord, use me too. Use me too. Because why? Because I've seen that how successful they are. So I want to be successful like them too. I'm like, Lord, use me. It's very important to go and listen to sermons and preachings of what other people ahead of you have done. Why? Because it's easy to just walk to the direction that they're walking. If we go to Luke 9.14, Luke 9.49, afterwards we're going to pray. I'm, I'm, I'm rushing because last time when we prayed, we didn't have time. So I want to have time today. Today we're praying so God can ignite the fire of God. Ignite. Ign whenever a Christian is dead, whenever a Christian has no fire in him, he becomes useless, realistically speaking. He becomes, he, he doesn't benefit his family, he doesn't benefit his friends, he doesn't benefit his community. God looks at him and says, what are you doing here? Honestly, God forbid from our, from our youth group, where we just stagnant in our life, where we're not moving. We don't want that in our life. We want to move every single time. The Bible says that when the, the Bible says, when the angel of God came and he moved the water, they jumped. Whoever jumps into the water gets healed. We will jump when God moves. 
we're not going to be like, well, I don't know, if, is it deep enough? What if I drown? No, I don't care. If God is the one that's moving it, I'm, I'm diving in. I don't care if I don't swim. I know I'm black, but I'm, I'm diving. I'm diving inside. Why? Because God, whenever God moves, move with him. If you miss time, guys, a person that misses his time, the, um, there was a Bonke. I don't know if you guys know Bonke, Rehard Bonke. I don't know if you guys know Ryan Bonke. So Ryan Bonke got a vision from heaven saying, <laughs> he got a vision from heaven, and the vision was Africa being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit was shouting, Africa will be saved. Africa will be saved. He was in his hotel praying. He told his wife, I'm going to be in the hotel. I'm going to pray. He was tired. In, it's, in Christian life, you have to be tired of normal life. He was tired. He got to a point where he said, I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. I need the anointing of God. You see, when you have the anointing of God, everything you do doesn't, doesn't come from your strength. It comes from the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we get exhausted because we're doing with our strength. You say, Lord, use me, but you go by yourself. God's not. You have to wait. And God says, move. You move. So the Bible, and the Bible Bonky says, um, he was he was he was telling me. I, I kid you not. I was crying when I when I when I was when I was listening to this. And he said, he got the vision, and afterwards, God starts using him. I mean, go search Rad Bonke on YouTube. You will see, um, like, multitude of people, millions of people, uh, everywhere across Africa. Africa was actually ignited by the power of God through Rad Bonke. And afterwards, after a few years, he went back. And he said, wait, 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 before I was, God was using me, there was somebody else. He was not as big as him, but there was an, another African guy that God was using. He said, what happened to him? Let me go look for him. He goes and he's looking for him. And nobody seems to know who this guy is. It's been years. So after, eventually, he goes and he, he asks, uh, he finds somebody. He's like, oh, uh, I was looking for this person, and I just wanted to know how he's doing and everything. And then he tells him, oh, by the way, uh, he doesn't serve God anymore. I said, what do you mean he don't, doesn't serve God anymore? What do you mean? He was, God was using him so much. How come he's not serving God anymore? Yeah, he left him. When did this happen? And he tells him this happened, I forgot, it was in 1975 or something, 1974. And he freaked out because that was the same year that, that the Lord gave Bonke the vision. If you don't accept God's vision, God will send it to somebody else. A lot of times we think that God is going to be like, yeah, no, there's time. God has time where he tells you, and this time I want you to do this. If you don't listen, God will go look for somebody else. So that's why it's very important when we look at, when we see videos and stuff like that, we can learn from their mistakes. We can learn from how they benefited. When I, when I learn, when I see and I'm like, oh, this person did this in the, in the past, I'm not going to do this in the future. This did not benefit them. And that's how the anointing starts flowing even more in my life. Last, um, uh, the other one is being humble. Wait, uh, did I read the scripture? I don't think I read the scripture. Look for, look for, um, for, no, Luke 9, 49. Luke 9, 49. Luke 9, 49, the Bible says this. And John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We tried to stop him because he does not follow us. He doesn't follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for the one who is not against us is for us. Here, the person that's casting out the demon 
doesn't know anything what Jesus is preaching to the disciples. Matter of fact, he doesn't know anything what the communication that he has with the disciples, but he sees it. Because just because he sees it, he starts doing it. And knowing things like that, whatever you see, you start doing it. Whenever you see other people, men of God, to do it, women of God doing it, then God starts saying, okay, yeah, the same person, the same way that I use that person, I can use you too. What is it right now that you think, like, oh, this person is like this? God can use you the same way if only you say yes to him. Today, God is saying yes to him. I am trying. I always tell Amen and Danny this. He said, I try my best. I know a lot of times I fail, but I, every day I wake up and say, Lord, I want to make you proud. I want to walk away from things that does not please you. There is inside of me, the urge inside of me to be like a, my friends, to be young. I'm young. I'm 20 years old. There's, there's, I have that feeling. I'm like, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? But I think of myself, no, if I do this, this will not please God. You know, I was praying yesterday, and the Holy Spirit showed me. It's like, a, it's like he said, I see like a, what is it called? A, a dam? A dam? A dam? A dam? Like there's water and there's a thing that blocks it. And on this side, there's forest and there's forest and it's beautiful. And the other side is dry. Like dry. It, you'd be wondering, how is that possible? Like, if you go on that side, it's so beautiful. And, I was, and the Holy Spirit told me, if you do not let me flow and if you let sin hinder you, the rest of your life will be dry like that. And I, was, I got so scared. See, a lot of times, we, that little sin that we're just used of it, if we don't stop it, it will be a big block. And the rest of our lives will be dry. So God today is making you be awake. Stand up today and say, Lord, I will stand up for you in this evil generation. In this generation when nobody wants you, I will want you. And the other point is, I don't know what time it is. Forty-one. Okay, I'll go. I'll go quickly. Being humble will bring the anointing of God in your life. A man that's not humble is doomed to fall failure. If you're the more humble you are, the Bible says, the more grace God gives to you. The humbleness is not saying, "Oh, uh, you know." Then, like you know, in in our culture, we we bow down. Sometimes we better hit our head with the table and everything. That's how much we bow down. That's not humbleness. Humbleness is obedience. How do you know somebody is humble? He obeys. Jesus says, "I not doing what I want to do. I am doing what my Father tells me what to do." Even on the cross, he could have done what, but he said, "No, I will do what my Father does." Humbleness is that. Humbleness is obedience. The Bible says that, um, I forgot, I think Henoch Priestess, if I'm not wrong, about Saul, I think I might be wrong. It's a long time ago. And um, I remember I was reading it too, and I was very, very concerned. Where God comes to tell Saul, kill every, is it Amalekites? I forgot what it was. I think it was Amalekites, right? Yeah? Every amount, everything, including the people, the sheep, the goat, the whole, the everything, destroy it. But he said, I don't know, this, is, this looks valuable to me. You see, anointing makes you pay price. If you want God to use you, there's a price to pay. 
God doesn't use somebody just for the sake of, he said, Lord, use me. A price has to pay. You have to pay a price. All of us here, are, the price might not be the same, but we all have to pay a price. There's a saying, to be saved, there's no price, but to be used, there's a price. When God saved us, there was no price. Not, we didn't have to do anything. What do you have to do? Believe that Jesus Christ is, has died for you and has resurrected. That's all that we had to do. But for us to be used, there's a price to pay. I don't know what that price is for all of you guys. For some people, it's friends, letting go of friends. For some people, it's letting go of a job. For some people, it's letting go of something. There's something that was attached to you that you have to let it go. The other one is prayer and fasting. Anointing, if you want God to anoint you, pray and fast. There is nobody in the Bible that you see has not prayed or fasted that God has used. Not a single person. If you go one person and say, yeah, this person did God use him without praying or fasting, show me. Impossible. Praying and fasting makes a door for you to get closer to God. And the more closer you are to God, the more God rubs his anointing on you, his glory on you. The Bible says this, if we go to Acts 1.13, One thirteen, one thirteen and 14. The Bible says that, And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, and Peter and John, John and James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of, I don't know how to say that, Alphys, Alphys, I don't know, and Simon, the Zealite, and Judas, the son of James, all this with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Here Jesus is taken to heaven. They were not doing anything. What they were doing? Praying. Praying, saying, Lord, Lord, send your fire. 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 It doesn't matter how many hours it is. It doesn't matter how many weeks it is. I mean, we know how many weeks they prayed for, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that are you being obedient? If God says pray, pray. A lot of times we get so exhausted because God is not answering our prayer or God is not anointing us right away. No. God sometimes holds that, that anointing so you can come closer to him. It's more, it's more dangerous to be anointed and not know who God is because eventually that will lead you away from God. But if you know God, it doesn't matter whatever happens. I was, I'm serving God. So prayer and fasting, what does that make you? Get closer to God. You understand I'm serving not only the church, but I'm serving the living God. I'm living for him. So when I go and preach the gospel, I'm not only preaching for me, I'm preaching also for him because I want him to be proud of me. Our life, Christianity is not a life for ours. It's not our duty to live how we want to live. Christianity is to live the way God wants you to live. When you obey God, you're saying, God, use me. You can flow through me. It's easy to swear these days. It's easy to curse these days. It's easy to do whatever. But it, I, me, I just keep quiet. I just say, Lord, I don't want this. I walk away completely. Why? Because I don't want, afterwards, when I go to my bedroom and pray, I don't want the Lord to say, why did you do this? Why? That whisper of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you guys have heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't heard it, today you will hear it. That whisper of the Holy Spirit is the most amazing whisper of my entire life. I have heard so many voices of so many people, but when the Holy Spirit whispers to you, sometimes you just sit down and you pray and you pray and you pray, nothing happens. And the Holy Spirit says, 
my son. Just that makes you shiver. Just that makes you say, Just makes you just want to go crazy. Sometimes you just sit down praying and just the Holy Spirit comes in. You just feel his presence. All of a sudden, you're crying and you're laughing. You don't know which is which. And you just find yourself so happy, so on fire. Two minutes ago, you couldn't. you just like, Lord, I can't feel your presence the whole week. I can't feel your presence. And the Holy Spirit says, you don't feel my presence? Okay, I'm coming to you. He says, son, I'm here. And he says, oh, my God. This is amazing. So now you have so much energy. And talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one that anoints you and empowers you. Without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible for us to do the ministry. It's impossible for us to go and preach the gospel. Matter of fact, it's impossible for us to actually live. I'm going to go a step. I'm going to take one more step. It's impossible without the Holy Spirit to be saved. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts you from your sin. Even us, before we knew about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit knew us. How amazing is that? He knew us even when we did not know him. He stayed with us even before we were saved. Hallelujah. He sealed us. The Bible says we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That means that when the devil comes and says, no, 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 he's not you anymore. He's mine. Hallelujah. So when you look at yourself, you don't say, wow, I, I, I don't know who I am. I am. I am who I am. That means I am who Christ says I am. So when you look at yourself, I don't, I, I, mean, I, I promise to God, it's been so long since I started saying, Lord, this, I'm, I'm saying, no, I know who I am. I know who God says I am. I know who I am. It doesn't matter the journey. It doesn't matter the obstacle. It doesn't matter. What matters is that I know that God is with me through ups and downs. So as we're praying here, the Bible says that uh, this one last verse, and then we're going to start praying. I want you guys to be prepared. When I came here, I said, Lord, I'm not leaving until I see the youth group ignited with the fire again. I don't know when is the last time you smiled. I don't know when is the last time you prayed. I don't know when is the last time you actually fasted. I don't know when is the last time you actually talked to the Lord. But today, God is sending an invitation to you again, again, and saying, my son, my daughter, I'm here. I'm crying out to you. So let's go to Acts. Um, give me a second. Acts 2, 1 to 4. Acts 2, 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began in speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Hallelujah. You know, have you, have you guys ever wondered um, what the other disciples were doing when Peter was proclaiming the gospel after they received the Holy Spirit? Have you guys ever wondered that? Like, okay, Peter is preaching and he said, we're not drunk as you guys suppose. What do you think the other disciples were doing? I was, I was watching one sermon and I remember Bonky was saying, they were not just sitting down uh, like this. No. They were saying, Rabba, Shabba, Kantala, Rabba. Peter is screaming, and we just, they're just, he's, they're just there. Just, Lord, help Peter. Why? They were so on fire. They can't stop. When the fire of God comes upon you, you cannot be normal human being. I'm sorry to tell you this. Well, how do you know a person is ignited by the fire of God? He cannot be. He can't sit down. When I'm sometimes, I'm with my friend, I tell myself, what am I doing here? I ask myself, what am I doing? I don't belong here. 
I'd rather be in the presence of God. When the fire of God is with you, you can't be in a dry place. You want to be where the stream is, where the water is, where the Holy Spirit is. That's where I want to be. Hallelujah. So right now, just be right now. Just bow your head and you say, Lord, I want to be where you are. I want to be where you are. I want to be where you are. Hallelujah.